Welcome to Love Handle, an occasional podcast dedicated to the composer Handel's life and music, presented by me, Tati Theo. going to lie to you. Sacrilegious as it may be to admit it, I have a favourite composer, and in case you hadn't guessed, it is of course George Frederick Handel. Handel, a man who has been dead for over 250 years, but whose music, to me and countless others, still feels as alive as it must surely have sounded when first performed. That's a bit of conjecture, as of course I've not had the privilege of time travel, so I can only try and imagine what Handel's world sounded like. That's not quite as difficult as it sounds, as there is a wealth of research out there about performing music using instruments set up as they would have been in Handel's day, which helps us create a similar sound world. For me as a cellist, I'm lucky enough to play an instrument that dates from towards the end of Handel's life, and I use gut strings, as string players did in Handel's time, and a copy of a mid-18th century cello bow. What also helps me transport myself back to Handel's world is knowing in detail about the social and historical background to the times he lived through. I thought it might be helpful to give a basic summary of the main events in Handel's life, the important biographical and career events that I believe shaped him. I'll be delving deeper into areas of Handel's life and music in the coming months, so this podcast is basically a curtain raiser. I do hope you'll keep returning for more. George Frederick or Georg Friedrich Handel, was born on the 23rd of February, 1685, in Halle, Saxony. His father, another Georg, was 63, and his mother, Dorothea, was 34. It was his father's second marriage after the death of his first wife, and George Frederick joined an extended family, inheriting six older half-siblings. He was the first surviving child from his father's second marriage, and was followed by two sisters, the Handel family had established itself in Halle from the beginning of the 17th century, originally coming from further east many generations previously. The Handels came from Breslau, which is now Wrocław in Poland. George Frederick's father was a barber surgeon who held various respected positions in noble households in the region. Musical talent was not particularly evident in the Handel family, although two of Handel's cousins, both living locally in Halle, married musicians. We don't know much about Handel's early musical experiences, although some information comes from the very first biography written about him by John Mannering in 1760, just a year after Handel's death. This was compiled from interviews with Handel's assistant and amanuensis, music copyist J.C. Smith, so we can assume a factual basis to the biography while still allowing for some distortion, owing to the vagaries of memory and recall of facts many years after the events. We learn that Handel was extremely keen on music, his father less so, and wanted Handel to study law. There were no musical instruments in the house, and young Handel was banned from going to other houses to practice. Handel allegedly had to sneak a clavichord into the house for almost silent keyboard practice. Handel's father was employed as a barber surgeon at the court of the music-loving Duke of Saxe-Weissenfels. Through dogged determination and persistence, Handel managed to accompany his father on a visit there where coincidentally, Handel's older half-brother also worked as a valet de chambre. Handel had access to keyboard instruments there and was even heard by the Duke playing the organ in church. In 
The story goes that the Duke's intervention was a factor in softening Handel's father's attitude to young Handel studying music. Handel was known to have played a variety of instruments, including harpsichord, organ, violin and probably oboe. Handel's first move away from Hulla was to Hamburg in the summer of 1703 at the age of 18. He found work as a violinist in the orchestra at the Opera House, although it wasn't long before he was composing operas and directing them from the harpsichord. Handel's first opera, Almira, was premiered on the 8th of January 1705 and he went on to compose three more using a mixture of German and Italian texts. Handel didn't stay long in Hamburg. The opera there was a cosmopolitan place with musicians and visitors from all around Europe and a move to Italy was a logical progression for a composer wanting to explore the genre of Italian opera. Handel travelled to Italy under his own steam, not funded by a patron, so not bound for a particular city or employer. This pattern of early independence was something that Handel was to become known and respected for. He spent the best part of four years in Italy, from autumn 1706 to spring 1710, mostly in Rome, but also in Florence, Naples and Venice. As a papal state, Rome forbade the performance of opera, so Handel explored other kinds of music, including religious pieces and secular, that's non-religious, cantatas. Cantatas translates as sung pieces. Don't be fooled by the operatic restrictions, though. I defy you to listen to a piece such as Handel's cantata Lucrezia and not be moved by the power and drama in it, even though the work wasn't intended for a theatrical stage. Handel had no restrictions in Florence and Venice, and it was there that he produced Rodrigo and Agrippina, his next Italian operas, this time using Italian throughout rather than any of his native language German. Handel made a huge impression in Italy, with popes, cardinals and noble families such as the Medici, but also amongst an adoring public. The cry, Vivo il caro Sassone, long live the dear Saxon, originates from Venice and the premiere of Agrippina. Again, Handel seems to have kept his options open, refusing to convert to Roman Catholicism, which might have secured his future in Rome. He followed up introductions to the music scene in London and Innsbruck, but when Handel left Venice in 1710, his destination was Hanover, an employment at the court of the Elector of Hanover. This proved to be short-lived, as by the end of 1710, Handel was in London. He lived here for the next 49 years. Well, I'm now nearly halfway through this podcast, and Handel is still only 25. Since he lived to the ripe old age of 74, there's still a lot of life and career highlights to fit in. I'd better get a move on. I'm going to divide the next 49 years into two big chapters, opera and oratorio, with a significant domestic diversion included to introduce you to 25 Brook Street, the place where Handel made his home and which gives my band its name. If you've heard my podcast about Handel's trio sonatas, you'll know that as well as vocal music, Handel composed instrumental music, including solos, sonatas and concertos, as well as concertos for orchestra, known as concerti grossi, literally big concertos. These appeared at various points throughout his life, from 1699 onwards, right up until his final violin sonata, composed in 1751. It's fair to say that Handel probably fitted many of his instrumental compositions in around other things, not necessarily composing whole sets at a time. However, opera and oratorio were the two large chapters of his London life that were all-encompassing. 
If you'd asked most music historians in the 20th century, and especially the years up to the 1970s, what kind of large-scale music they associated Handel with, the answer would have been oratorios. Ask the question again now, and you are more than likely to find the answer includes operas too. Certainly, during the earlier part of Handel's life, it was opera that dominated. Broadly speaking, Handel and Italian opera in London are intrinsically linked from 1719 and the creation of the Royal Academy of Music, a company of mainly aristocratic shareholders set up to enable Italian opera to flourish in London. Handel was titled Master of the Orchestra, responsible for sourcing singers, instrumental players and adapting and sourcing libretti. Libretti are the texts set to music. The job entailed some travel, enabling Handel to keep an eye on rising continental stars, especially singers, although it's fair to say that London in Handel's time was very much a city that attracted musicians from all over Europe. Names familiar to London audiences, certainly in the 1720s and 30s, included the singers Margarita Durastanti and Francesco Bernardi, known by his stage name of Senesino, and the violinist Francesco Gimignani, all predominantly Italian names. Opera was big business, and Handel was a successful entrepreneur. Altogether, he composed some 31 operas between 1720 and 1741. There were ebbs and flows during these years, some more successful than others. But from the mid-1730s onwards, there was very much a downward trajectory, as the operatic world became more complicated and a less secure way of making money. Fashions changed. Professional rivalries got out of hand and audiences got fed up pretending to understand Italian and subsidised the pop star's fees some of Handel's opera singers could command. To give you an idea of the sums of money involved, Senesino was paid £300 for an engagement in 1726, which equates to around £35,000 today. Some of Handel's opera stars earned £2,000 per year, which is roughly a staggering £230,000 today. This brings us neatly to oratorio, the other huge part of Handel's life. Now, oratorios, literally large-scale pieces of music for soloists, choir and orchestra, with sacred or semi-sacred texts, were not a new thing, having been part of Italian musical life from early on in the 17th century. But it was Handel who brought the genre to England, setting texts in English to music. This was very much a partnership, Handel relying on the services of librettists over the years to provide his texts for him, adapted from the Bible or other sources. Of his librettists, you might recognise the name of Charles Jennings, who provided the libretto for the Messiah, probably Handel's most famous piece of music. Handel's success with English oratorios was a gradual process, with his earliest oratorio, Esther, dating back to 1718. But by the mid-1730s, it was clear that musical fashions were changing and Handel, ever the successful entrepreneur, took advantage of this. He revived Esther in 1732 and composed Deborah and also Athaliah in 1733. We start to see a succession of English singers become the household names of the day, with popular soloists including John Beard, Susanna Sibber, Kitty Clive, William Savage and Thomas Lowe joining familiar Italian names on the cast lists. It is from the end of the 1730s that we see a real change in direction with a steady stream of oratorios that to our families just a few generations earlier would have been the pop hits of the day. Forgive me for missing a few off the list, but the oratorios Saul, 
Samson, Solomon, the Messiah, Judas Maccabeus, Jephthah, Israel in Egypt, the occasional oratorio, and Theodora all contain music that was deeply embedded into the nation's musical psyche well into the 20th century. Originally, oratorios were very much connected with the church. The word itself derives from the Latin word orare, which means to pray. By Handel's time, performance could be in any space, and oratorios were increasingly becoming secular and non-religious pieces. They were performed in theatres and other non-sacred spaces. However, religious or not, the subject matter was generally heavyweight and important and lent itself well to a dramatic setting. Handel even included a few stage directions in Saul, even though it wasn't staged during his lifetime. This has changed in the 20th and 21st centuries, with many wonderfully successful productions being staged. Handel would surely have approved, money and public taste at the time being some of the factors which prevented him staging oratorios himself, rather than a belief that these wonderful works were only destined for the concert platform. I can't really finish this podcast without mentioning Brook Street, Handel's London address and the London location which gives my band its name. Handel was the first occupant of a smart new Mayfair townhouse from July 1723 until his death in April 1759. Handel's house on Brook Street was part of a new development of four houses, close to the countryside of Hyde Park, but not far from Covent Garden, Lincoln's Inn and other places connected with Handel's work. Handel only leased the house, prohibited from buying it as he was a foreigner. He continued to rent even after his naturalisation in 1727. The substantial townhouse, which of course you can now visit, was arranged over five floors from the basement kitchen right up to the servants' quarters in the garrets. During Handel's occupancy, we would have only found Handel in certain parts of the house. On the ground floor in his parlour, meeting his subscribers as they came to collect printed music or opera tickets. On the first floor where he kept his keyboard instruments and had his composition room. And the second floor where his bedroom and dressing chamber were situated. Despite a known fondness for food and wine, it is likely that the basement kitchen was the sole preserve of his servants. Within the next three years, the ground floor and basement, including a fully functioning 18th century kitchen, will be restored and open to the public, part of the Handel House Trust's Hallelujah Project. Well, this brings me to the end of this whistle-stop tour of Handel's life. I'm going to leave you wanting more, as I've not delved into his personal life at all. This has just been his main career highlights, CV style. I'm going to leave my thoughts about the man himself to another time, looking at some more personal aspects, such as who his friends were, his religious beliefs, his philanthropy and how he hoped to be remembered. Thank you for listening. This Love Handle podcast is part of a wider digital project called The Brook Street Band at Home, which has been made possible thanks to funding from Arts Council England and the National Lottery and its players. Do keep a lookout for more content over the coming months. You'll be able to find it all on the Brook Street Band's website, www.brookstreetband.co.uk. If you want to find out more about Handel and his music, do get in touch with me in the Brook Street Band. We're on all the usual social media channels and would love to hear from you.